So we gather this evening to celebrate our, our patronal feast day for the United States. In the late 1840s, the bishops of the United States designated Our Lady of the Immaculate Conception as the patroness of our great land. And so it's with that duty, that devotion that we gather this evening to honor the Queen of Angels, the Queen of Saints. She who, from the first moment of her conception, by a singular grace, was preserved from all stain of original sin. This is how the church explains it. It's by a singular grace, a one-time thing, that this woman was chosen, this girl, this, this infant in the womb, chosen to be the mother of God. And we can think of other examples in the Old Testament and even in the New Testament where one person or a group of people were set apart and called for a specific purpose. So it's not that unusual that this would happen. The particulars of it is unusual. It never happened before. But by the merits of the passion of Jesus Christ, that what would happen on Calvary, the passion, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, that God the Father took those merits and applied it to Mary before it happened. It's just as magnificent and marvelous as God the Father taking those merits and applying it to us all these years in the future. We heard in the gospel, nothing is impossible for God. God can do it. He's God. And the church fathers, the spiritual masters would say, it is fitting for this to happen. That the mother of God, the first living tabernacle, would be preserved from sin. We go to the book of Exodus. Six chapters worth of instructions on how to construct the tabernacle that held the symbols of God. The symbols of the new covenant. The symbols of the promise of new life. Six chapters of instructions so that every detail was accounted for. How much more precision and care would God have taken for the tabernacle, the womb in which held our Blessed Mother? We heard in the gospel the fulfillment of the promise of the first reading from the book of Genesis. Now that second half of that episode of original sin when God, who created Adam and Eve to be in perfect harmony, perfect communion with them, to be in relationship, to share life with them. Where are you? You're supposed to be with me and you're not here. Where are you? Was the question that God asked. Because they had disobeyed and they recognized their shame, they went to hide from God. But Immediately, he calls them back to himself. The great merciful love of our Father on display from the very beginning of our story of salvation. And that great promise, the first proclamation of the gospel is right there in Genesis chapter 3. When God tells the serpent and he tells Adam and Eve that the day will come 
when the woman will, be, will come with great enmity between the woman and the serpent. Enmity, complete and total separation, having nothing in common. One day that woman would come and the seed of that woman would crush your head. The great promise, the great prophecy fulfilled in the person of Mary, the woman who was in complete enmity with the serpent, with Satan, with the enemy of our souls. And he did this as a sign to each of us that the reality that St. Paul wrote about in that second reading from his first chapter, from his letter to the Ephesians, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed you from the beginning with every spiritual blessing in the heavens, because he chose you from the foundation of the world to be holy, to be without spot, to be without blemish, to be immaculate. He chose you. Not just that great unknown somebody, but you. He chose you from the foundation of the world to be holy, without spot, without wrinkle, without blemish. But we know the struggle of sin. But even once we're washed clean in the waters of baptism, we still battle concupiscence. We have this proclivity, this tendency to lean into sin and away from God, to hide ourselves from the only one who really loves us, but the one who is in passionate pursuit of us. But Our Lady never had that. She never experienced that separation, nor that tendency to walk away. So our Blessed Mother serves as an icon to us, as an example of what our life was supposed to be, and by God's grace, what our life will be. We didn't start off the same way Mary did, but by God's grace, we can finish our life with her, or continue our life in heaven with her, better yet. St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians is a beautiful reminder to us in our world of such confusion about who we are, who we're called to be, and what is our purpose. Because what did he say? You exist for the praise of his glory. When you wonder what your life is all about and what you're supposed to be doing with your life, you exist for the praise of the glory of God the Father. So whatever your state in life is in, whatever vocation you choose to surrender your life to, each and every day you are called to exist for the praise of the glory of God. But you can only do that by God's grace. Our Lady who was full of grace, always was, is, and always will be full of grace. In this season of Advent, as we prepare to receive Jesus ourselves, what are you full of? Are you full of grace? Or have you allowed anything, something else, into you, into your vessel? Ask our Blessed Mother for that grace of repentance, to turn away from sin, and to turn towards life. God has chosen you from the foundation of the world to be holy, to be blameless, without spot, without wrinkle. Turn to our Blessed Mother 
Ask her for her help so that that can be true for you today and every day.